Welcome to Evil Done Badly, the worst true crime podcast on the internet. Thank you for listening. There's hundreds of other ways you could be spending your time. You could be practicing the banjo or learning how to dance ballet. Instead, you're rotting your brain by listening to this podcast. And you have my sincerest gratitude. We've been lowering your IQ for 15 weeks now, and it's been a fantastic voyage of ineptitude. Welcome aboard. Grab a beverage and hang on to your arse, because this is a nutty story. This story was suggested by the third of our three regular listeners. This is the story of Gypsy Road Blanchard. It's actually Blanchard, but her mom added an E to make it sound more French and fancy. Gypsy was an unfortunate young girl who had a long shopping list of serious and life-threatening illnesses. She was confined to a wheelchair and doted on by her dedicated mom, Dee Dee, day and night. Before we get into it, I'd like to give a special thanks to Chris B for his continued support and for bringing this heartbreaking, fucked up story to my attention. And another special thanks to Vanessa K, who asked if we could play the original theme song this week, which doesn't exist. So we'll just make something up on the fly here. Bing, bing, boom, boom. Blip, 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 blip. Uh-huh. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Bing. This week's episode is brought to you by Spanky's Ass Slapping Simulator on the Crap Store. Smack some rear ends and burn calories while wailing away on the arse of your choice. Downloadable content includes asses of both living and dead historical figures. You can spank Hitler's pasty white bum from here to eternity, or get your jolly spanking your favorite celebrity ass like Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, or Jeremy Piven. And for all you lonely people, ten different types of chimpanzee ass are included, so you can spank your monkey all night and never get bored. Coming soon, you can pre-order the World Leaders Bundle for only $29.99, and it includes popular wolf figures such as Donald Trump's bright orange rump, or Justin Trudeau's cute, shapely, finely cleft hindquarters. You don't want to miss out on this. Get it in the crap store today. And you might want to join up to the Wide World of Paranormal Investigations group on Facebook. It's full of neat paranormal stuff and has almost 10,000 members. Tell them Dick sent you. Now back to the show. Gypsy Rose Blanchard had spent her life being confined to an electric wheelchair and being treated for some very serious conditions. She was the unluckiest girl in the world, and I'm not exaggerating here. She was born premature and suffered brain damage because of it. She was being treated for leukemia, muscular dystrophy, and epilepsy. She was on numerous, numerous medications and suffered from hair and tooth loss. 
her and her mom were displaced when Hurricane Katrina destroyed part of Louisiana and they eventually had to settle in Missouri. The neighbors embraced the Blanchards and were incredibly supportive of Gypsy and her failing health. Gypsy was an inspiration to everyone. Through charitable organizations including Make-A-Wish and Habitat for Humanity, Dee Dee and Gypsy were treated to a home with wheelchair access and many wonderful experiences. Gypsy was a huge Disney fan and made numerous trips to the Magic Kingdom. Gypsy had many fantastical diversions to keep her mind off her continuous suffering. Gypsy might have been one of the sickest little girls in the world, but when it came to mothers, she might as well have won the fucking lottery. Dee Dee Blanchard was the most engaged, caring, and supportive parent anyone could ever have. She was practically a saint, and there's nothing she wouldn't do for her disabled daughter. She was her world. The Blanchards were beloved pillars of the community and the very faces of triumphing over adversity. Which would make it all the more tragic when Gypsy's loving mother, Dee Dee, would be found stabbed to death in her bedroom on June 14th, 2015. When Dee Dee's body was found, she had been stabbed 17 times in the back, and as if all that wasn't harrowing enough, Gypsy was also found to be missing. Uh, wait a minute. I kind of guess she wasn't found. Uh, well, because she was missing. Whatever. You might find my attitude towards this whole thing a little insensitive. And I don't want to be misconstrued as some heartless asshole. Just take my word for it. It'll all make sense a little later. So forget I said any of that. And let's get back to the melodrama. It's time to panic. Oh my goodness. What kind of a monstrous cunt is capable of such atrocities? The panic started to set in and everyone wanted to know. Who was the psycho who did this? And why would they hurt someone with such a pure heart as Dee Dee Blanchard? And what did they plan to do with poor Gypsy? Oh my god! Gypsy is in terrible danger. Is that harrowing enough for you? This is fucking scary. I'm not fucking around here. Holy shit. Phew! Holy crap. This is fucking intense. I don't think I can handle anything more harrowing than this. Okay. Let's backpedal a bit. And take it down a notch. Let's take a deep breath, have a nice beverage, and dig a little further into this mystery. So back in 2012, Gypsy was 21 years old and had been developing special feelings. These were type of feelings her mother, Dee Dee, was unable to fulfill. Not only was her mom unable to fulfill them, but neither was Gypsy because she was very disabled and under constant supervision by her mom. Dee 
monitored everything she did and wouldn't let her have her own Facebook account. So they had a mutual one between the two of them. That way they could still keep contact with the community and Dee Dee would be able to control every bit of communication Gypsy was having with the outside world. Despite living under Dee Dee's authoritarian rule, Gypsy was able to make secret Facebook accounts and surf the internet without her mom watching. I mean, Dee Dee had to sleep sometime. Now, Gypsy was free to roam the online environment unfettered. And there was a whole new world of excitement for Gypsy to explore out there. And where do you find the most excitement online? Well, on a Christian dating site, obviously. So Gypsy encounters someone else on this Christian mating site that also has unfulfilled special feelings. She would strike up a steamy virtual relationship with Nicholas Godijan. I'm not sure how to pronounce Godijan, but it sure sounds to me like he needs to make a trip to the toilet. Godijan. Get it? Whatever. They can't all be zingers. Godijan was around the same age and had a history of mental illness, including autism and dissociative identity disorder. He wasn't much of a criminal. He had a short rap sheet that consisted of exactly one crime, and that one crime was reported as indecent exposure after he was found jerking off the porn on his laptop in a McDonald's restaurant in Wisconsin. So make of that what you will. Gypsy and Nicholas would continue their online romance for three years. They even set up an accidental meeting between the two when Gypsy and her mom went to the movie theater to check out a Disney movie. This chance meeting apparently culminated in her and Nicholas having sex in the theater restroom. Mom was unaware of the extent of the bodily contact and vehemently disapproved of this chance meeting. The lovebirds would maintain contact despite Dee Dee's attempts to destroy Gypsy's computer and phone. Somewhere along the way, Gypsy had enough of Dee Dee's maniacal control over her life, and her and Nicholas came up with a plan to elope. This plan also involved cold, hard, insidious murder. Gypsy, at one point, just flat out asked Nicholas, Will you kill my mom for me? Nicholas said, okay. And they went about hatching a plan. Nicholas came to town, and while Gypsy and Dee Dee were at a doctor's appointment, Gypsy waited until Dee Dee was asleep and let Nicholas in the front door. She equipped him with a knife, duct tape, and gloves and hid in the bathroom as to not hear her mom screaming for mercy. So Nicholas went in the bedroom and started stabbing until Dee Dee was dead. Gypsy and Nicholas 
would then have more special feelings together in her bedroom while they decided what to do. They left the house and spent a few days in a motel just outside Springfield. They mailed the bloody knife back to Nicholas's house in Wisconsin to avoid being caught with it. After a few days, they would both board a bus and make their way back to Wisconsin. Now, that's quite the story. It's not every day a very disabled girl has her mother brutally stabbed to death and then flees across the country. It's a bit odd. So you can only imagine how odd Dee Dee and Gypsy's friends found it when they were unable to contact either one of them for a bunch of days and no one was answering at the door. It was unusual for them to be so unavailable. It was especially fishy that Gypsy's specially modified vehicle was still in the driveway. It was a little unsettling to say the least. But they knew something was seriously, seriously off kilter when the following message appeared on their joint Facebook account. Ahem, quote, That bitch is dead, end quote. Gasp! What could that mean? Obviously it's just someone fooling around, right? It's gotta be it. Maybe the account's been hacked. There's got to be a logical explanation. A little while later, a second logical post appeared on the account. And it went a little bit like this. Ahem. Quote, I fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet, innocent daughter. Her scream was so fucking loud, lol. End quote. So, shit got real, real quick when this second message appeared. Friends called 911, and the police came and opened the window and let one of the concerned neighbors inside. The police were unable to enter themselves at the time because they were waiting for a warrant to be issued, but that didn't stop the nosy neighbor. The neighbor found no sign of Gypsy, but they did find Gypsy's wheelchairs, which was baffling. But what wasn't baffling was Dee Dee's mutilated body lying in her bed. That was pretty self-explanatory. And that message came through loud and clear. The message posted on the Facebook page suddenly seemed a whole lot more threatening. The place went bananas and a countrywide search was launched. The collective community went into a frenzy. Oh my god, what will happen to poor Gypsy? She's forgotten her wheelchair and is probably not taking her medications. She will surely perish and she's being raped by a madman over and over again. How can this be? Ah! Well, dear listener, you're a bright bunch. Too smart to be listening to this podcast. But I'm glad you're here anyways. You've probably figured out by now that it didn't take long for the authorities to pin down the location from whence these menacing, cuntish Facebook posts originated from. It was, of course, uh, Nicholas John's house in Wisconsin. So they went 
to check it out and ask around and see if anyone knew anything about Gypsy's whereabouts. And looking for information about Gypsy at Nicholas's house, they funnily enough found Gypsy. And she was completely fine. Not just fine. She was up walking around and not the slightest bit paralyzed. Well, all I got to say there is hallelujah. Praise be to Jesus. It's a miracle she's cured. Thank God. See what good can happen when you go looking for love on a Christian website? That's divine intervention if I've ever heard it. God damn ain't life wonderful. It's heartwarming how this story turned out. Which is what brings us back to the brutal murder of Dee Dee Blanchard. But what about Dee Dee? The woman who sacrificed her own freedom in pursuit of a better life for her critically ill daughter. A beautiful soul was released that day. And the world is a lesser place due to her passing. And I ask to anyone who will listen... Will there be any justice for Dee Dee? Well, I fucking hope not, because she's a cunt. Upon apprehending Gypsy and Nicholas in Wisconsin, an elaborate 20-year span of systematic child abuse came to light. It turns out Gypsy was the victim of one of the worst cases of Munchausen by proxy in the history of the goddamn world. Dee Dee had been using Gypsy's supposed sickness to garner sympathy for herself and defraud hundreds of thousands of dollars from the government and various charities. Munchausen is a weird condition where someone either makes up or induces health problems on themselves in order to gain sympathy from others. The by proxy part is when someone fabricates or reduces the health problems into a child. And Dee Dee had been inducing health problems on Gypsy almost from the moment she was fucking born. When Gypsy was three months old, her mom was convinced she had sleep apnea, even though testing showed no signs of it. Dee Dee started making up diseases like crazy. She said Gypsy had an abnormal chromosomal disorder and muscular dystrophy. Where'd she get this at? She made Gypsy use a walker. When she was seven or eight, she had a minor motorcycle accident with her grandfather. What does Dee Dee do? Well, because Gypsy has a bump on her knee, Dee Dee told her the doctor said she needed to use a wheelchair. What? She was pulled out of school somewhere between kindergarten and grade two. Dee Dee would homeschool her in order to keep her away from the outside world. While Dee Dee and Gypsy still lived in Louisiana, they moved in with Dee Dee's father and stepmother. During their time there, the stepmom began to question Dee Dee's treatment of Gypsy. Okay, this person actually had a clue. And coincidentally, before long, this stepmother who had a clue began to become regularly ill as well. That's what happens when the food you've been eating has been tainted with weed killer. 
The stepmom came around after Dee Dee packed up and left town to avoid detection. During this time, Dee Dee would also be convicted of passing bad checks. This bitch is capable of anything. Dee Dee told doctors that Gypsy had regular seizures and was put on anti-seizure medication that she didn't need. In fact, she was on any number of pointless and quite possibly harmful medications that she didn't need. Her teeth fell out because of the stupid goddamn drugs. Dee Dee shaved her head so that she would look like a cancer victim. Not her own head, Gypsy's head. Gypsy had a muscle biopsy and it proved that she never had any muscular dystrophy. But she still managed to convince health professionals that Gypsy had any number of other serious conditions. Dee Dee spent most of her time dragging Gypsy around to specialists and emergency rooms for no good reason. Habitat for Humanity built them a small wheelchair-accessible house with a hot tub. Dee Dee was receiving $1,200 a month in child support from Gypsy's father, but told everyone he was an abusive, drug-addicted deadbeat who sent them nothing. This helped in garnering sympathy for the pair. So did having Gypsy attached to an oxygen tank and feeding tube when they went out. What I've been saying so far kind of sounds like she's just parading Gypsy around to garner sympathy and financial support. This gets fucking worse. It goes beyond just pretending that you have a sick child for fun and profit. This gets fucking terrible. It's absolutely infuriating to listen to. So, let's get into it. Moving on. Now, Gypsy had numerous painful surgeries. Based purely on what Dee Dee said she required. Somewhere around 30. She made Gypsy drool uncontrollably by coating her gums with anesthetic. Why did she want her to drool? It's... It's unfucking believable So that the doctors would unnecessarily remove her saliva glands. What the fucking fuck? Dee Dee had them implant tubes in Gypsy's ears to help with imaginary ear problems. Gypsy would never be seen in public without her mother holding her hand. Any time that Gypsy said something that might imply she wasn't as mentally disabled or as sick as Dee Dee told everyone she was, she would squeeze her hand hard enough to make her shut the fuck up. Whenever they were alone, she would beat her with a coat hanger. This fucking bitchy cunt fucking monster got what was coming to her. Needless to say, this went on for a long fucking time. Now, how did she pull this off for so long? Well, it was a fucking load of work for old Dee Dee. She had to spend days researching symptoms for imaginary diseases that she wanted Gypsy to exhibit. She had to keep Gypsy docile enough that no one figured out she wasn't actually disabled, not even a little bit. She had no brain damage, no muscular dystrophy, nothing. Whatever sickness she felt was from all the goddamn pills and treatments Dee Dee and the doctors, well, the doctors 
were, you know, bamboozled into feeling that she needed. Whenever doctors would start to suspect something, she would find new doctors and repeat the process. For instance, the doctors in Louisiana knew that the muscular dystrophy was a sham. But Dee Dee said all the files were destroyed in the floods. Okay, it's a convenient flood excuse. Now, when the doctor in Missouri ordered an MRI and it showed no abnormalities, he contacted the doctors in Louisiana himself. The files were, in fact, not destroyed, not by the flooding, and he was informed it showed no muscular dystrophy. Dee Dee then stopped taking her to this doctor, and that, you know, oversight kind of got lost in the bureaucracy there somewhere. Dee Dee would go so far as to convince Gypsy that she was way younger than she really was and forged documents to prove it. She would explain discrepancies by saying that her ex-husband was an abusive drug addict and she needed the documents to be befuddling for their safety. This bitch thought of everything and went to great lengths to keep this scam going, all while prolonging her child's torment. This poor girl endured two decades of torture so that Dee Dee could get the sympathy and attention she craved, not to mention the almost $1 million she defrauded from the government and assorted charities. She was a piece of fucking work, and I hope she's toiling away somewhere in the lower circles of hell and covered in boils. So what happened after? Gypsy made a deal and pled guilty to second-degree murder, with a maximum of 10 years in jail. Now, I realize she could have been convicted of worse, but as far as I'm concerned, 10 years is way too much for this poor girl. Sure, give her something to make her point, but this girl has already been through enough. Give her community service or something, I don't know. Make her mop up the juice at McDonald's for a couple days a week or something. Sounds fair to me. Gypsy has actually gained weight while in prison. It just goes to show how undernourished Dee Dee kept her in order to maintain the illusion of Gypsy's frailty. She's due to be released in 2025, if not earlier. I hope she is able to move on with her life and make a peaceful transition back into society. This is a god-awful situation, and this Dee Dee bitch should have been stopped years ago. Dee Dee Blanchard, you're a cunt, and I'm not the only one who thinks so. Her own family refused to pay for her funeral, and her dad and stepmother, the one who she tried to poison, allegedly flushed her ashes down the toilet. Now, <laughs> oh God, that makes me smile. Nicholas, go to John. The guy who actually did the murdering wasn't quite so lucky. He managed to avoid the death penalty, but was sentenced to 25 years for a weapons charge and a life sentence for the murder. I feel kind of bad for him, too. He has an IQ of about 82 and a nice dose of autism. I can relate to both of those things. And ultimately, he had a net positive effect on the world. Her own family flushed her goddamn ashes down the toilet. Fuck that bitch. 
Jesus, just for the record, I don't want to belabor the point too much, but what a stupid cunt she is. And there you have it. Episode 16 of the worst true crime podcast on the internet, Evil Done Badly, is in the books. What a fucked up story. I'm glad to have you along with us as we bumble our way through the darkest depths of humanity. If you'd like to reach out to us and suggest topics for future episodes, we can be reached at EvilDoneBadly at gmail.com or on Instagram at EvilDoneBadly. Thanks again to Chris B. for today's crazy topic, The Well-Earned Murder of Dee Dee Blanchard. That'll do it for this episode. See you next time. Bye-bye. Oh, wait, wait. I did have this one uh, one listener question while uh, while I was recording there, and it was from, uh, I don't know, um, Gertie Brunkle Rectum Itch. Anyway, from Gertie, she says, Who the fuck is Jeremy Piven? And uh, if I recall correctly, Jeremy Piven is the guy who played George Costanza. Obviously, Jason Alexander played George Costanza, but when they were making the show, inside the show, featuring the Seinfeld characters called Jerry or whatever it was to pretend... Seinfeld show inside the show I'm pretty sure Jeremy Piven was the guy that got pegged to play George and he played George really well and I'm sure he's done a bunch of other cool stuff too but that's why I remember right off the top of my head so thanks for your question there Grudy Grumble Rectum Itch so that will really do it this time how's that for an encore bye bye